Welcome to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. This week's message from Lead Pastor Neil Krauss is from the series, Today Matters Forever. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com. Go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn in them to the book of Matthew. If you didn't bring a Bible, there should be one underneath your chair that you can grab. And um, if you need a Bible, that's a gift to you. You can take that one and keep that. That's our goal that everybody has a copy of God's Word. Now, we're in the fifth week of our study through this series titled Today Matters Forever. And today we are going to be looking at how we can live a life that God rewards. So we have to ask, what does that look like? What's it look like for us to live a life that God rewards? Well, in short, you just witnessed as the elders of Forward Church performed an ordination ceremony for Blake Bells. That is precisely what it looks like to live a life that God rewards. Blake is committing his life to sharing the gospel of Jesus. He's committing his life to serving the Lord in full-time ministry. And the Lord will reward a life of service to him. He's going to reward him for that in heaven. Now, not every one of us is called to full-time vocational ministry. However, Scripture makes it clear that every single follower of Jesus, every disciple of Jesus is called to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer in Christ, you are called to follow Christ and then to go tell others about him. So that's one of the main ways that we live out a life that God will reward. So what we're going to do today, though, is look a little bit more about what it means to live a life of sacrifice, what it means to surrender ourself in order to serve others and the Lord. We're going to dig into that and explore that. So what does that look like in our life? How do you live a life that God rewards? Well, if we look at our main text for today, it's found in Matthew chapter 19. We're going to be in verses 27 through 30. And if you would please stand with me as I read these main verses, we stand to honor God and his holy word. And we believe that doing this uh, on the main text as it's read, it, it is an honor to him. It's saying that we believe this is your word, God. It is holy, it is righteous, it is pure, and we don't take it lightly. Here's what God's word says, starting in verse 27. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. And you can be seated. May Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word today. Have you ever wondered, have you ever had the thought pop into your mind, is it really worth it to serve God and live for him? Is it really worth it to, to sacrifice self, to give up the things of this world and to focus solely and fully on God, to sacrifice the comforts of this world and invest in kingdom work? Have you ever thought to yourself, why would I give up all of my time, my talent and my treasure to serve God's church? You see, I think many people struggle with that because we, like we talked about last week, we tend to get focused in the mist of this life, right? The Bible says our life is just a mist, and we talked about that, how it's, it's here today, gone tomorrow. It's very quick in the, in the grand scheme of eternity. Our life is just a mist, but we get caught up in focusing on the mist, and we miss out on the momentous of the next life. 
So if we get too focused on the midst of this life, we tend to seek comfort. We tend to seek comfort in the now, and we do that at the expense of rewards in eternity. And I think Peter asked a very common question here in verse 27 when he said, See, we've left everything and we followed you. What then will we have? You see, these guys had left everything that they had known. They left their businesses, they left their homes, they left their land, and they were now following Jesus. And now they're kind of wondering, what, what are we going to have to show for this? Jesus, what are we going to have to show for following you? And you know, Old Testament saints had, had they'd pondered the same question about following God. In Malachi chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, look at what the, God's word says. It says, you have said, it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but they put to God the test, they put God to the test and they escape. So this passage, the, the Old Testament saints, they were saying, why do we follow God? Because the people that don't follow him seem to prosper in this world. Those who are against God seem to prosper and have the things of this world. You see, the world says that you will be guaranteed riches and an amazing life right now if you're faithful to God. But we know that that's not necessarily the case. When you study God's word, you find out that that's not the case. You do a quick look at the Bible and the disciples who followed Jesus, and you see something far different. You see a life of sacrifice. You see a life of surrender. You see a life of suffering. Sometimes God chooses to bless his believers and his followers. But with something that's guaranteed, as we know for sure, is that you will suffer in this world when you follow Jesus. And he says to expect it because he suffered. You will be called to sacrifice in this world when you follow Jesus because Jesus sacrificed. You will be called to serve others in this world when you follow Jesus because Jesus came to serve others. You see, he did all of those things because he was looking to eternity and not life here on this earth as it is. You see, Jesus lived every moment of every day as though it mattered forever. And aren't you glad he did? I know I'm glad that he did. Every moment of Jesus' life was looking to the next. And he was looking to the next because he was making a way for you and I to be able to look to the next and to be able to spend eternity with our Heavenly Father. So you see, he calls us then to live our life today as though it matters forever, just like Jesus did. So if you missed any of the past four weeks leading up to this fifth, fifth week, you need to go to the podcast. You need to listen. I've shared every week. Every week builds upon the other to give us a full and rich understanding of heaven and hell and rewards and punishment that awaits us. It, it, you can't do it in one sermon. So there has to be several sermons. We have five weeks and we're still not fully, but we're getting a more full understanding of what that looks like. You see, it's depending on whether or not we've placed our faith in the saving grace of Jesus Christ, whether we will enjoy heaven or not. And we've learned that today matters forever because what we do today has eternal implications. And when we begin to realize that truth, it changes the way we live today. It changes the decisions that we make today because we recognize that while today may not seem fair, while today I might be struggling, while it may seem like those opposed to God are prospering now, that there will come a day when God will set all things straight. There is coming a day when the faithful in Jesus will be rewarded and those who reject Jesus will be punished. So we know from God's word, there's a real heaven, there's a real hell. There's going to be a real judgment and there are going to be real rewards. And that's what we've been talking about throughout this series. Hebrews 6, 10 through 12 says, For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work 
and the love that you've shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. He says, so that. Circle those words in your Bible. I tell you that all the time. Anytime you see a so that, you circle it, because what's coming next is extremely important. He's telling you to do something so that. He says, show earnestness in serving others so that you won't be sluggish, but be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Well, what promises are those? What promises is he, is he talking about here? It's the promise of rewards in heaven, that there will be rewards for you in heaven when you live a life of service to God here on earth. So there's a promise of rewards, and they take faith, and they take patience. You see, don't we tend to lack the patience because we think, where are my rewards? I want my rewards now. You know, I want to I I have my best life now, right? That's why that's so famous. That's why that's so popular. But God says, your best life isn't now. Your best life is in heaven for eternity. Your life right now is a mist. It's here today, gone tomorrow. You might suffer here in the now. But when you serve God, when you live your life for God, when you live today as though it matters forever, you have eternal rewards accumulating that will go on for eternity. So he says, it takes faith and it takes patience. And in verse 28 of today's text, we see Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So we see this future world that he keeps talking about, this new world when Jesus sets up his eternal reign. And there is a new heaven and a new earth that we've learned over the last five weeks where God dwells with us. He's going to create a new heavens and a new earth. And he lets us sit with Jesus on his throne. You see, God will allow us, those who are faithful, those who have been patient, those who have served him, he will allow us to have a place of authority with Jesus. He's gonna share his authority with us, and that's an amazing reward for faithful believers. You see, for the past four weeks, we've, we've talked about rewards, and you can listen to the podcast for more of the details, but in summary, here's a little bit of what we learned. God promises a reward for all those who serve him faithfully. God promises rewards for doing good works. So you see, we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ to do good works. So as we do good works that he has for us, rewards are being stored up in heaven. Ephesians 6, 8 says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. He's saying no matter what your status is here on earth, no matter what your suffering, your place of life is here on earth, if you're serving the Lord, you will receive back from the Lord in heaven. Romans 2.6 says he will render to each one according to his works. Good works are rewarded in heaven. What you give away here on earth, you get back in heaven. And that truth alone should, should drive us to generosity. That truth alone should drive us to, to serve others and to give in a big way because we're storing up treasures in heaven. And we learned a couple weeks ago, we also see from verse 29 of today's text that God gives generously. He promises generous rewards in heaven. Verse 29 says this, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. So what he's saying is those who are faithful to the Lord above everything else, 
those who put the Lord first, those who live their life for Jesus. And he's saying, you know, Jesus even uses our family here to show the importance of making him priority in life over everything. So he uses what we would probably put priority in our life. He uses our family. He says, even if you left your house for me, even if you left your brother or your sister for my name's sake, if you left your father or your mother for my name's sake, if you left your children for my name's sake, if you have left your land for my name's sake, that's the important part. Meaning, if you left your household or your brothers or sisters or your parents or your children or your community who are against Jesus and you choose to follow Jesus anyway because he's your top priority, he says, then your reward will be great. So anything you do for his name's sake will be greatly rewarded a hundredfold in heaven. So anything that you do. Now, because you've proven with your faithfulness that Jesus is your main priority, that Jesus is number one for you, he's saying, even if you left those who were against me to follow me, you will be rewarded. And that's a big, that's a big sacrifice. That's a hard thing to do. You see, where this verse gets mixed up sometimes, where people get mixed up on it, is he's not saying, leave your loving and your supportive family for me. Jesus is not saying, I want you to leave those who love me and want to follow me. He's saying, no, you bring them with you. But he's saying, if you have someone in your life who is saying, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't follow him, and you shouldn't either, and you say, well, I love you, but Jesus is number one to me, and I have to follow him, he's saying, great will be your reward. In no way does Jesus say, leave your wife and kids and come follow me. He's saying, if, they, if they're following me too, you come along. You follow me. You, you spend your life for me. And that's what he's calling us to do. So he's saying, you know, if your household and your brothers and your children or your community, if they're against Jesus, but you choose to follow Jesus anyway and you lift up the name of Jesus, you exalt Jesus for the namesake of Jesus, great will be your reward because you've proven your faithfulness that you are a follower of Jesus and that he is number one. So, Jesus is saying, whatever you do for his name's sake, even if it's horribly difficult, it's a tough decision in this world and you suffer some from it, he's saying, great will be your reward in heaven. It's going to be rewarded handsomely, a hundredfold. You see, God has great rewards for those of us who are faithful to him. That's hard for us to wrap our minds around because we think, well, in heaven, everything's going to be equal and even, right? But as we've studied throughout this series, we've learned that there are levels of reward in heaven. For those of us who have been faithful and served him and, and sought him all of our life and lived our life for him in a selfless way, he says, great is your reward. There will be some who'd place their faith in Jesus at the last moment and they get into heaven and heaven is beautiful and it's wonderful and you're in the presence of God, but you won't be able to enjoy those extra rewards because he's going to look at your good works as far as giving you rewards. So how do we live this kind of life that God rewards? I would say you choose to honor his namesake over your namesake. We choose to honor God's name more than our name. Said another way, God blesses your name when you live to bless his name. You see, my name, Krauss, I love my name. I love my family. I love my family's heritage. I want to always honor my dad and the name Krauss, my mom and dad and the name Krauss. I want to always honor that name. But he's saying, if I live my life to honor my heavenly father's name, if I live my life to honor the name of Jesus Christ, then he's going to bless the Krauss name for generations to come. He will bless me and my name because I've blessed him and his name. And that should be the desire of all of us, that as we bless God's name, he would bless our name. So how do we live a life that does that? 
some practical ways we're going to look at today. If you look at Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, there's an example of simple acts of kindness. In this passage, starting in verse 12, says, He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, you invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So the main point here is God is saying, you perform simple acts of kindness that cannot be repaid. That's a way that you live a life that God rewards. Those kinds of service, they are true service. Because you see, whenever you and I, we bless someone and we know that they can bless us back or pay us back, then there's a hint of selfishness in there, isn't there? We can't help it. It's our flesh. It's the way that we are. If, if, if I give to someone that I know that they can pay me back in a couple of weeks, then in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to pay me back. And if they don't pay me back, then I start to think, why didn't they pay me back? There's not true service there. But if I give to someone and I know and I don't expect to get back from them, that's true service. That is, that is blessing others in a way that God wants us to do. You see, we can't really help it because our flesh messes with us that way. But when you truly give and find ways to give acts of service, those are rewarded by God. So he's saying, you know what? Many, many instances we can see throughout Scripture, God says you bless your church with anonymous gifts. You give generously to your church knowing that, that no one in the church is going to give back to you. You notice people that are struggling financially and you surprise them with bags of groceries on their doorstep. You find people that their tires are worn out on their car and you anonymously surprise them with a gift card to the local tire store. You invite a family over for dinner that you know is struggling and having a difficult time. You feed them, you pray over them, and then you send them on their way. You don't expect anything back. You find a single parent and you offer to watch their kids for free just to bless them to give them a break he's saying those kind of things that won't be repaid here on earth they will be repaid at the resurrection of the just so he's saying you selflessly find ways to serve others and that's how you live a life that God rewards another example is found in Matthew chapter 6 in this passage we see God rewarding good works that no one else sees but God sees Matthew 6, 1 through 18 teaches us about giving to the needy in secret, teaches us about praying to our Heavenly Father in private, and teaches us about fasting without anyone else knowing. So this statement then comes up a few times in these verses, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So some more ways that we can live a life that God rewards, that we can live today as though it matters forever, find ways to help the needy in secret without boasting about it, without telling anybody else about it, without it being on the news that, hey, look what I'm doing for these people. And it may happen, and if that happens, you just give glory to God. But he says, find secret ways to bless the needy and to help those that need. Find a way to bless a local food bank. Make a big donation. Take food by and just drop it off. Anonymously meet a need of someone you know that's in your discipleship group and you know they're struggling. Find a way to secretly get an envelope of cash to them or to, to provide groceries for them or some way bless them in a way that they need. Pack up gallon Ziploc bags full of toiletries and snacks and when you see the homeless people that you've always wondered, how can I help them? You give them a gallon Ziploc bag full of toiletries and snacks and be a blessing to them. And your father who sees what's done in secret, he will reward you. That's how we live a life that God rewards. This passage also talks about praying in secret. So you pray whenever you're alone. You pray whenever you're driving. Keep your eyes open, but pray. I do it all the time. When I'm driving, I'm just praying. 
Sometimes if you drive by me and you see me and I'm by myself and my lips are moving, that's because I'm praying. You're like, why is he talking to himself? I'm talking to God, all right? I pray all the time when I'm driving. I pray when I'm mowing the grass. Pray when you find times that, that you can just pray and spend time with the Lord. When you're exercising, the Bible says pray without ceasing. It says you pray in secret and what your Father in heaven sees is done in secret, he will reward. And you know what? If you've never fasted, choose to begin to fast. The Bible speaks a lot about fasting, and fasting is giving up a meal or a day of meals or a specific time of giving up meals so that when we go hungry, we begin to recognize that what I need is the food of God. I need to be spiritually fed, and we seek Him whenever we get hungry. If you never fasted, I encourage you to try it. Spend some time. Pick a day throughout the month where you're going to fast and you're going to miss breakfast and lunch. And when you get hungry, you spend time praying to the Lord. You'll find you pray a lot. And the Bible says you do it in secret. And what you do in secret, the Lord blesses. Maybe you choose. I know people that choose to say, hey, for this month, every Wednesday, I'm going to skip breakfast and lunch, and I'm going to spend that time praying. I'm going to fast during those days. And now I know about it. They're supposed to do it in secret, but, but I know about it because they've been accountability partners of mine, and we've shared, and they didn't share it to boast in any way, but they shared it to say, this is a time that I'm dedicating to God. And God says, what you do in secret will be rewarded. So we begin to see this theme throughout Scripture that faithfulness lived out humbly before the Lord by serving the Lord in a secret way. God rewards that. Now, of course, he calls us to be public with our faith. You know, that's very clear that we are to share the gospel with others. But then he says, in your daily life, there are things to do in secret as well that show humility before the Lord, that you're not looking for credit. You're not looking for to be lifted up for what you're doing that you're just seeking the Lord with a humble heart. And another way that God lives, or that we can live a life that God rewards is by suffering well, enduring suffering. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 34 through 36 says, For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that, when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. You see, there's going to be suffering in this midst of a life that we live. We are called to suffer for Jesus' namesake. And when we suffer, we are to lift up the name of the Lord. We are to do it for Jesus' sake. And we are to show joy through that suffering. And when we do, the Bible tells us that great is our reward. So when we get that diagnosis and we're suffering um, with our physical health. He says, if you do that in a way that glorifies the name of Jesus, great will be your reward. When we try to share the gospel at work and we suffer because our boss does not like that or someone around us begins to persecute us in some way, he says, you endure that. You endure that with joy in your heart knowing that even Jesus suffered persecution. And we suffer well and God says, you will be rewarded for that. And you know what? Rewards are promised to us. Luke 6, 22 through 23 speaks to this as well. It says, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. You see, when you honor Jesus through suffering here on earth, your eternal rewards account, it is multiplied greatly. Your eternal rewards account begins to grow by leaps and bounds. So he says, leap with joy. Now, how many of us leap with joy when we're persecuted? 
right? We, we don't because we tend to think of the now. We think of the mist that we're living in and my comforts right now and I don't like what's happening to me. He says, you got to change your mindset and live today as though it matters forever. And you don't necessarily jump for joy in the face of that person that's persecuting you because then they're probably going to persecute you more. But inside, you have joy in your heart. You know that even Jesus suffered for his name. So I'm going to continue to lift up the name of Jesus, understanding that this suffering now is being rewarded in eternity. So you live a life that God rewards when you point to Jesus through suffering. So what do we need to do in order to be able to live that life that God rewards? Something we've been talking about every week is, first of all, we have to get our name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You see, it's the Lamb's Book of Life that we've talked about every week of this series. The Book of Life is about eternal life. It is about salvation. And we get our name in the Lamb's Book of Life when we accept God's gift of salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. John 3.36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So we begin to understand that we must believe in Jesus as our Savior, and then we obey him out of that belief. Okay? We obey him because of what he's done for us. We do good works because of what God has done for us. So when we believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we then Prove that, so to speak, with our lives by living in obedience to Him. Our obedience and following the rules doesn't get us into heaven. We've talked about that every week. It's believing in Jesus as our Savior. And then as a result of that, we obey Him because of our love for Him and His love for us. So we must follow Jesus. We must not simply proclaim with our lips, but we have to show with evidence of that by following Him with our lives. And that's a growth process. That's the process of sanctification. That as we are Christians for a longer period of time, we should be drawing nearer and nearer to God. We should be looking more and more like Jesus. We'll make mistakes because we're in the flesh. We'll fail sometimes, but we live repentant lives and we continue to look more like Christ the longer we live as Christians because Christians means to follow Jesus. So we get our name in the Lamb's Book of Life by following Jesus And then next, we have to make sure we're investing in the eternal and not in the momentary. Just like last week, we learned that we must make sure that in this life, we're not so focused on the mist of this short life that we miss out on the momentous of the next life. Remember, this life, it's simply a mist in in the comparison to eternity. Yet so many of us focus on this mist more than we do the momentous of the eternal life that lies ahead. This is why we must invest in things that last for eternity. And that is the souls of others. We must invest in those that we know to share Jesus with them. We must serve others in order to show Jesus to them. And when your life is invested in eternal things, then God rewards you with eternal things. Author Randy Alcorn wrote a book that I recommend. It's called The Treasure Principle. It's a very easy read. It's a small book. I like small books because I can get through them pretty quick. I'm a completist. I like to complete what I read. And uh, this one's a very easy one. I would recommend it. I want to share with you something that he says that I think sums up this series very well and gives us a good idea of what heaven will look like. He says, if you imagine heaven as a place where you will strum a harp in endless tedium, you'll probably dread it. But if you trust scripture, you will be filled with joy and excitement as you anticipate your heavenly home. As I've written elsewhere, heaven will be a place of rest and relief from the burdens of sin and suffering. But it will also be a place of great learning, activity, artistic expression, exploration, discovery, camaraderie, and service. Some of us will reign with Christ. Faithful servants will be put in charge of many things. 
Christ will grant some followers leadership over cities in proportion to their service on earth. Scripture refers to five different crowns suggesting leadership positions. We'll even command angels. We are given these eternal rewards for doing good works, persevering under persecution, showing compassion to the needy, and treating our enemies kindly. God also grants us rewards for generous giving. Go sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you'll have treasures in heaven. Jesus is keeping track of our smallest acts of kindness. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. And a couple paragraphs later, he continues, by clinging to what isn't ours, we forgo the opportunity to be granted ownership in heaven. But by generously distributing God's property on earth, we will become property owners in heaven. You see, you and I, we can live a life that God rewards. We can live a life today like it matters forever when we let go of the things of this world and we cling to the promises of eternal life. And while it may look like some of us are missing out here because we live a life of service, we live a life of generosity, we live a life of faithfulness to the Lord, it may look to some like we're missing out. What we're really doing is we're living today as though it matters forever. Look at verse 30 from today's text. I want the amplified version on the screens because it gives a little more information. It says, but many who are first in this world will be last in the world to come. And the last first. You see, if you desire rewards in heaven, then your first step is to receive eternal life. If you have not received eternal life, my prayer is that you do that today because that is the ultimate reward. The ultimate reward is to live today as it matters forever because you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and you're living your life to look like him. So the challenge is to stop clinging to this life and to take hold of the next one. And you do that by taking hold of Jesus. I pray that everyone in this room leaves with this challenge today, that you will determine right now, today, to live a life that God rewards, to live today as though it matters forever. Let's pray. God, we are grateful for your word. And Father, your word tells us that we all fall short of God's glory, that we've all made mistakes, we all sin, and we fall short of your holiness. So Father, this morning as we worship you and as we continue, we have a, a moment, a time where we can make the decision to say that from this point forward, I want to live as though today matters forever. And that you've made that so simple for us because it's simply us letting go of the things of this world and clinging to Jesus. So God, we celebrate the truth that you sent Jesus to take our place. You sent Jesus to live the perfect life for us because we can't. And that when we place our faith in Jesus and we follow Jesus with our lives, you send your Holy Spirit to live in us, to empower us to live as though today matters forever. So Lord, I know there are some in this room today that need to come and take a knee and to surrender their life to Jesus Christ, to receive the salvation that you offer through faith in him. I pray they would have the boldness to do that, to come and know that we celebrate with them and that we pray with them as they pray to you. Father, there are others in this room that have been living this life focused on the mist. Maybe they've received Jesus as Lord, but they haven't fully been following you because they're focused on this world and clinging to it. 
God, I pray they would come to the altar today as just a show of saying, God, I'm bowing before you. And I'm recognizing today that I've been looking at this momentary life that I live in instead of looking ahead to the momentous life that you have for me. So God, may we use this as a time of looking ahead to what you have for us, of saying from this marker in time, I'm going to live my life as though today matters forever. I'm going to live for eternal rewards by serving others, loving others, and pointing others to Jesus. God, we pray you do a mighty work by the power of your Holy Spirit this morning as we continue to worship you, as we offer our lives before you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week as Lead Pastor Neil Krauss continues in the series, Today Matters Forever. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com.